Welcome to the 6AM Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6AM Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6AMRun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. And welcome back to the 6AM Run Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Paisant. Thank you so much for joining us. I apologize if I have a little bit of a hoarse voice. Had a really good girls soccer game this weekend, so I was yelling and screaming like a proud dad. But I digress. We have a really good show today. We have actually one of my friends on, and he's going to be talking about what he does. But I'm going to leave that up to him. First of all, this show is brought to you by 6AM Run, 6AMRun.com. Head over to the website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So Tom Lennon, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself for the audience? Sure thing. So my name is Thomas Lennon. I am a type 1 diabetic. I've been diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic for eight years and I have a podcast called Type One Lifting that uh, in a clothing company and pretty much anything else that's related to diabetes and, and most of the shirts and the proceeds go to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So Tom and I first met at uh, the gym that he used to be a member of. Uh, he actually has moved since then, not too far away, but um, giving me some tips on squatting, which I still have in the back of my head when I squat, but... Let's talk about type 1 diabetes. What, what do people not know about this? What have you learned about it? What is just some misconceptions about the disease and, and how have you learned to live with it? So um, when I got diagnosed, I think it was like two months before, um, I lost like a tremendous amount of weight. And, you know, I was like, we'll drink a lot of water. And I was I'm originally from Massachusetts. So, um, you know, moving out of Georgia and dealing with the heat down here, it's like I wasn't used to it. So I was like, okay, this is kind of normal of me drinking so much water. But then it got to the point where I was in going to the bathroom like three or four times a night. And like, I took my shirt off a couple of times, like to, you know, go to the pool or something like that. And my wife's like, whoa, you look really skinny like really skinny. And I didn't really put two and two together. And so, um, I got a job working at a hospital cause I've been in the medical field for like 14 years, uh, before I got my, uh, medical recruiting job right now. And they do a thing called strong for life. And I'm, I'm a complete nerd when it comes to numbers and like metrics and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I'll do a blood test to see where I'm at and stuff. If everything's healthy. And so they took my blood sugar and the lady looked around like looked at the number and then looked at me and, and was like, are, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? And she's like, your blood sugar is 390 right now. Now for a typical normal person, your blood sugar should range around like 80 to 130. And so being having it be a 390, that is definitely not good. And then I weighed myself there and I was like 21 pounds lighter than like two months ago. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't know what, what's going on. And so 
the lady's like, okay, it, it might be a fluke. So why don't you get a glucometer and do a 12 hour fast? And so I was like, okay. So I did that and my blood sugar was like 271. And like for crazy, crazy thing is, is like those two numbers, I will probably never escape my mind ever. Cause you know, I'm in a like complete shock. And so, you know, they're like, okay, you need to go to an endocrinologist like now. Cause this is like really important. You can't screw with this. And I was like, yeah, I know. Went to an endocrinologist uh, did my blood sugar. And he's like, yeah, you're, you're a type one diabetic. And so he's like, show him, he's like, here, and ins- here's an insulin pen. And this is how you do this. This is how you inject and whatever, blah, 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 blah. And you just go from there and he gave me all this paperwork. And then I'm driving home and I'm just sitting there in the car and I'm like, the hell just happened. Like, how am I going to tell my wife? Like I told my wife this, I'm like, I have, I, I got diabetes. And she was, she was shocked too. Like she couldn't believe, could believe it. And my mom, for, for some reason, she's like, you know, I kind of had a feeling cause you lost like a lot of weight. It's, it's always the mom always. And, uh, and she's like, I could tell that you lost a lot of weight. And so I was like getting a little concerned and she actually said it. She's like, you know, you lost, look like you lost a lot of weight. And I was like, nah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. So, yeah. And so now I have to, you know, take multiple injections per day, multiple, you know, chest, my, check my blood sugar all the time, prick my fingers, or if I have a glucometer and, you know, just kind of, kind of work with it. So, but, um, one of the biggest uh, misconceptions that I always get, especially working at a hospital, um, was when I when I at the time they're like, "Wow, you're like really fit. How are you a type one diabetic?" And everyone everyone doesn't realize there's two types of di- like two types of diabetes. Obviously, one is where your pancreas just doesn't work anymore; it shut down. I think for me. It was maybe my white blood cells. I got sick one day and my white blood cells attacked my pancreas thinking thinking it was that that was the problem and killed off my pancreas. And then you have the other other one, type two, is where that's all pretty much diet, where you know, people eat a lot of junk food, like tons of junk food, get overweight, and so their pancreas can't maintain their lifestyle. And that's how they become a type one diabetic. Type two, sorry. Yeah. So well that I mean you're absolutely right. Moms get it. Moms always have that that intuition. And so when you're at this, you're figuring this all out, what are some of the things that you have to start doing? You mentioned the actual pricking and doing the blood work and, and actually taking the shots, which is not that I'm afraid of needles, but I don't know if I could poke myself, to be honest. They're, they're, really, they're really small and thin. Don't worry. It wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> okay. Um, but, like, what do you have to – is there any, like, instructions the doctors give you about your diet, what you have to change in your lifestyle, like, anything like that? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, since I've been in the medical field, I think I knew a little bit more on how to eat and stuff like that. And plus, being in, like, being really big into fitness, I know, like – what not to eat and what to eat. So obviously like sugary treats, that's not really in the picture. I mean, I'll, I'll take those on, you know, special occasions like Christmas, my birthday or like anything else that's like really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's just pretty much just eating healthy and knowing, you know, you look at the label and how many carbs or how many sugars, Mm -hmm. like, you know, how many grams of sugar and carbs that they have in the, in the food. And then, 
just dose your insulin properly. For me, um, every 10 grams of carbs, I have to take one unit of insulin. And then here's the problem though. If you go out to eat or right. you eat pizza, you can't really tell how many carbs or how, like what's in there. Because obviously like, you know, they put in, like if you get a salad, they have like a salad dressing that's like loaded with sugar. Cause obviously it's like super sweet and mm. you know, they want it to taste like really good. And then, um, for pizza, obviously they'll have like a nutrition label, but like, you can't really go off of that because there's like, you'll have like a pizza with like a crust, like, like, you know, two to three inches big. And it's just like, okay, like, I don't know if I could even eat that. So and I, I, I had a, uh, a friend a long time ago who was type 1 diabetic, and it was like her life's – not her life's mission, but she was really good at like finding the sugar alternative um, like condiments. Like mm. if there was like pancakes – she loved pancakes. And um, if there was – if there – she had the, the, the non-sugar or no sugar pancake – um, syrup and I always thought that was fascinating. Like, I, there's a whole part of like nutrition for diabetics, like I never knew about. Mm-hmm. Is that some of the stuff that you're figuring out on your own, or you try? Since you said you're pretty healthy to begin with, are you kind of just keeping your normal habits and just watching a little more what you eat? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say so. I mean, I mean, granted, there are some times where like, okay, like we don't have really anything for dinner, and it's like, okay, let's go get a pizza. Fine, you know, whatever. But then, like, you know. I'll eat like whatever, how many slices of pizza and I'm a big eater too. So that's, that's another problem. So like, and I'll try to dose my insulin and then all of a sudden, like later on in the night, it just shoots up to like a crazy number. And it's just like, okay, I thought I had it, you know, under control, but like for some reason, like I've noticed when I eat something, my metabolism takes forever for it to digest and all that stuff. And so that's, I mean, I, I always got to be on the lookout. I'm pretty much, what do I need to eat? And, you know, I'm always like looking at my glucometer, like all the time, making sure, you know, and I don't have any huge spikes or something like that. So, but then you, then you'll have like the freakish spikes where you'll have like a protein bar and a coffee. Then all of a sudden your blood sugar just shoots through the moon and you're like, okay, what, what happened? Like what was in here? And, you know, but it happens. I mean, I, it's a numbers game, 24, seven, 365. So, you know, talking about the diabetes now, you continue to work out. Like I've seen you work out. I've, I've been next to you working out. Like what's your, right now, what's your workout schedule right now? You still trying to hit the gym every day, a few days a week. Like what are you doing right now? Yeah. Um, well, I had the gym. So when I moved, there weren't really that many gyms that I could find in where I live. And so I found one and I was like, okay, this is great. But the problem is it doesn't open at five o'clock. It opens at five 30. And so I now lately it's been, I literally have to run, get there and then do 45 minutes of as much work as I can do and then get out and get the kids, get my son ready to go to school. And most of my, all actually all my workouts are CrossFit related because I've done like the bodybuilding, I've done the triathlons and you know, I, I just, for some reason, CrossFit stuck with me. So yeah. Um, and so with, and I guess the thing I really want to know is, is with the type one, like how did that affect your, I, I know some white people don't know, they, they confuse the type one and the type two and all that, all that stuff. But like, do you have to kind of test your blood sugar before or after you have to watch yourself? Like, cause I know the body uses sugar 
to, yep. you know, to for energy, for calories, things like that. Is that something you have to constantly think about where you're working out? Yeah. So my problem is typical after like a, like a really hard workout, my blood sugar will go up to like 300. And, but here's the thing though, you got to realize that your hormones are, are, are in a fight or flight mode pretty much. And so you were like pushing yourself to the limit working out. And so your hormones are all out of whack and that's what causes a typical, you know, blood sugar spike. And, you know, to be honest with you, like I would get worried about it, but then I'd realize, okay, like I'll just like pre-dose in the beginning, like take like maybe two units before I work out just to, you know, just to kind of drop it a little bit. When I do like high intensity stuff, it'll kind of stay at a better level, but you know, it's gotten to the point where I've been hitting 300 and, and it's, I just take insulin right after and it'll go back down within like 20 minutes because finally like hormones are even like more relaxed and I'm more calmed down and stuff like that. So, so, and then after all this, you decide, Hey, I, I want to talk to more people about this. I want to put my message out there and you start, you know, type one lifting podcast and subsequently you, uh, subsequently you start the, the clothing line and, and things like that to, to help. So why, why start the podcast? What was the genesis of it? Why, why get on the mic and start talking about this? So, um, here, here, I'll tell you the original, the OG story of type one lifting. So, um, so when I was working at the hospital, I was working in a, um, when I moved down here from Massachusetts to Georgia, I got a job, uh, working at an emergency department at children's healthcare, Atlanta down in the city. And that's, that's how I got diagnosed is my pre-employment screening to working at that hospital. So, um, I would always, I would always see kids coming in with like new onset of diabetes and, you know, they'd be, they'd be scared or they don't know what's going on and their parents get like really, really nervous and stuff like that. And so here's me like being six, six and like happy go lucky dude, like walking in like, Hey, welcome to the club. Welcome to the diabetes club, you know? And just like, tell my story because obviously they're in like a very stressful situation that they're, they're going to probably go to the ICU up in the beginning, like when, um, when they get admitted to the hospital. And so, um, I went to work and then I saw this one lady crying in the hallway and I was like, Oh, like what's going on with this lady. And they told me her five-year-old daughter just got diagnosed with diabetes. Now I got diagnosed at 34 going into my 35th birthday. That's a whole different story, but you know, the mom was thinking it was pretty much a death sentence. She almost thought it was like cancer pretty much because like, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know about the disease. And so I go in there, I walk in with the five-year-old. I'm like, Hey, welcome to the diabetes club and gave her a high five. The five-year-old like wanted no part of me. She's like, I just want water. That's it. And that, cause that's like one of the telltale signs of, you know, being a diabetic, just like constantly drinking. And so when I said that the mom looked at me and was just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? And so I told her, I was like, Hey, you know, I just want to let you know, I'm a type one diabetic and you know, I'm, I'm literally in the same process as what your daughter's dealing with right now. Cause I just got diagnosed like a month ago. And so I told her, I told my whole story and I told her, listen, you know, you're in the best place possible, um, you know, to be taken care of. They'll teach you everything that you need to know when it comes to diabetes and like management and stuff like that. So, and I told her if like, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out seriously. Like 
I don't care because I'm here all weekend. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll bring you up to the ICU when you guys get admitted just to kind of give you guys like more comfort and like, you know, know that you're in a good place. So she thanked me and I, I brought him up to the ICU and the mom gave me like the biggest hug. And I've never gotten a hug from anybody working at the hospital. And I don't, I don't even expect it because, you know, it's just whatever. She gave me the biggest hug and she's like, you know, thank you for calming me down. I really do appreciate it. And I, and I reiterated, I was like, listen, I'm here all weekend. Reach out. No problem. And so I was walking down back. I was walking the stretcher back down to the emergency room. And I was like, I need to do a little bit more than just talk about diabetes. And I like t-shirts. I like working out. So I just started type one lifting. That, that's how it came to be. And it's, I think it's like five years in right now. I mean, granted the cl- clothing line is like a whole different animal mm-hmm. that I'm dealing with. And I'm actually, I'm actually closed. I closed the store for a little bit because it's just like, to be honest with you, it's just like not really worth it kind of, because it's like, I'm like losing more money than I really am bringing in at this point. And so I'm like, okay, I need to do something. I need to think back and figure something else out. So, but, um, with the podcast, Actually, this month will be the third year of me doing it. And so I've always been down listening to podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts before it was even cool. Like I got my iPhone three and they had that podcast app and I was just like, okay, let's, I'm like, what is this? And so I would just like listen to like random podcasts that I think are interesting. And I'm like, okay, I like this. I dig this. And I've always wanted to do one. And like four years ago, um, me and three other guys, two other guys wanted to do our own podcast and call when it was called, um, the CPB podcast. So it was CrossFit bodybuilding and powerlifting. Oh, no, CrossFit powerlifting, bodybuilding podcast mm-hmm. had the whole design, everything all set up, ready to go. And we just couldn't get together. It was just impossible. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. And so like, I was like, gosh, this, this will kill it. But the problem is like, I didn't even really know about zoom. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, okay, well we got Skype. And so it got to the point where I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to do it myself. Like I rich Richard Branson line, screw it. Just do it. He's got a book out. I, and that's like my go-to line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I literally like, it would take forever. I'm like trying to find a guest and luckily like this one diabetic, that's an Olympic weightlifter was doing a competition in Georgia. And so I just got a new job and I, I was staying at home for the weekend. Cause my kids went like my whole family went on a trip and I literally had nothing else to do. And I'm like, so I asked my wife, I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I watch this like weightlifting competition? She's like, I don't, I don't care. Go for it. And so, and so I was like, okay. So I went to the, went to the weightlifting competition, saw her and then her meet was over. And I was like, Hey, quick question. Um, do you, would you like to do a podcast and I'll buy lunch and I'll get lunch for you. And she's like, okay. She's never done a podcast either. Like this is like our first time doing everything. And so I bought like th- uh, three lapel mics, a four-way splitter and an adapter to, to the iPhone. And that's how I started my podcast. And so I literally, um, this girl, Maddie Bolin and I did it, did our, my first podcast in a Panera bread after we finished eating. Love it. Love and I'm it. like, screw it. I'm like, I literally downloaded an app called the anchor app, which is like one of the best apps you could use for like a very new like podcaster. And, you know, I really, I still had no clue like how it worked and I recorded it and I pressed end because it only lasts about an hour and I'm just seeing it cycling through and I'm like, Oh shit, it didn't go through. And like, oh man, it was, 
it was awesome. Like she opened up completely and I was like, Oh, this, I don't know if this is going to go through, but luckily, luckily it did. So, um, yeah, that was my first podcast. And now I'm like 160 something odd episodes. Granted, I did take some breaks mm-hmm. because I couldn't find guests and like, I should have like kept like saved a bank before I even right. started doing it, but whatever. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a whole learning, learning curve. Yeah. You definitely, you definitely live and you learn. And, and, and I think I, first of all, I commend you for the, the ingenuity of literally the lapel mics and the anchor app and the iPhone and the splitter. Like that's, that, that's amazing to me. That's, that's really cool that you did that. And big shout out to anchor. You're absolutely right about them. I use them for my personal yeah. um, uh, podcast, but so doing this podcast, kind of what are the the guests you're looking for what, what's the what are the people you interview and how do you find them like what are the conversations that you're having um in the beginning i was mainly ha- like the first year um i was still using the lapel mics like for a whole year i didn't buy any audio equipment i literally put like a lapel mic underneath the speaker of my work computer because <clears throat> i didn't have a laptop so i used my work computer and did it that way and i had one on, on my chest but uh Typically, most of the people I've interviewed were like in the first year were like diabetics. And then I had my wife on it um, kind of talking about like her experience like that with like having a, a loved one with mm. diabetes. And then then I was just like, OK, I, I really need to venture out because there's only so many diabetics mm. in the world. There's like 0.05 percent of diabetics, like type one diabetics. Mm. And I'm like. And I don't want to interview like Joe Schmo diabetic, nothing against like anybody that's like, right. you know, but it's just like, I I'm just looking for someone that's like very, um, you know, interesting. Like I had, I had the number one power, number one power lifter, female power lifter in a weight class. And she's a type one diabetic. And she was like, she deadlifts like 500 pounds. My it's, God. It, it, My oh, it's insane. Um, and then I've had, a. The number one Olympic weightlifter in her weight class, and she's a type one diabetic, and she's been to the CrossFit Games like three times. And then I've had like you know diabetic advocates who's like really into fitness, and you know, and just other people, and like professional volleyball player, like not professional, like collegiate volleyball players that were like diabetics. And but then it, like like I said, it was it was starting to wean out, and I was like, okay, I can only go so far. And so I was like, screw it, I'll just interview you know CrossFit athletes because I'm that's my jam. You know, because I love CrossFit. And I think, I don't know, who was my first? My first one was Nick Urankar, I think. And he's like a, he was a perennial games athlete. He was there, been to the games multiple times. Mm-hmm. And literally, I was like, part of my French, but I was like literally shitting my pants when I saw it. Like he was like, literally, his face was on the screen and I'm sitting there like, oh my God, I, I have a CrossFit games athlete in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and like it was all pretty much through Instagram. Right. Because, because like I've, I've found out from other people, like I've, I've, I've talked to like other podcasters and they say like, listen, like everyone likes to talk about themselves. That is true. And so that's true. So that's why if you give them a platform, they'll, they'll take it. So, Uh, and can we first, can we just shout out like, it's hard for me to watch the CrossFit games because these people are just so fit. Oh my goodness. Like, yep. I, I need somebody to go into CrossFit games that has like just a little bit of flab on their midsection. You know, maybe just uh, the, the makings of a double chin, something like the amount. 
the amount of just absolutely beast of athletes at the CrossFit Games is it's frightening how fit these people are Mm -hmm. and just the amount like I always think like when I get through a heavy set and I'm like ah like that was good like I got my 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 three twelves or my twelve ten eight whatever my set in and I'm feeling really good and then just the amount of like reps to exhaustion and then to get up and like go outside and run and then to come back and deadlift and then to come back and do it's like the and you know this better than most people like the 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 actual toil these people put on their body is just amazing Mm -hmm. but here's here's the thing so i i know crossfit gets a really bad rap like really bad rap they're like oh you're gonna get hurt like it's super dangerous but my thing is i've always tell people i'm like listen crossfit is is probably one of the best methodologies of training because you do everything all at once and the thing is is everything is scalable so if like say the workout is like like 135 dead like 135 pound deadlifts for males and like 90 95 uh, pounds for females like you can like you have like regular joe schmo that's like just here to get like you know look good he can do like 95 pounds you know because he could he do 135 yeah but like he may not have the proper form for it and that's another thing if you don't have the right form it's it's not even worth it like lifting heavy yeah and so and i i'm a big proponent of it it's just like just scale to get the stimulus and if you get the form right then the weight will go up it's just in due time but then like you see like these people like doing like crazy weight that they re- they have no right to even be doing and but the thing is like like i said they give crossfit a bad name but like you go to a global gym there's like dudes doing like 405 de- like back squats and they they have no right being on that thing or like or like doing like th- like 300 pound curls on a machine it's just like what what is that really doing you can get a better stimulus of doing like pull-ups instead of doing curls right so it's it's just it's just all in the methodology and all in like the you know the programming and stuff like that because obviously there are some like bad apples in the crossfit space too that don't know how to coach right don't know how to program right but it's just you know just if you if you know if you know your limits then you'll be fine and speaking of knowing your limits and i i again i want to thank you because yeah the first (laughs) time the first time we met um it's actually, I don't think I've ever really told you the whole story because I was, so just to paint the picture, everybody, Tom and I used to be in the gym really early. Like it may have been, it may have been like 5.30 in the morning at this time. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. at this time. And, and I was, I was squatting three plates, right? Three plates and maybe a 10 or something like that. And, you know, you were, you were, I think you were next to me and my right foot, the heel kept coming off the ground. And I don't feel this. Like, I don't feel this happening. It's just my normal squat. And you come over, and I really appreciate this because people don't do this in the gym. Like, because people just don't approach. Like, the Joey Swoles of the world just don't really, really, they're not really out there. A lot of people are there to to make fun of you or or tell you you're doing stuff wrong. But you were nice enough to say, hey, go down on the weight, try to, you know, curl your big toe and, and keep your heel down. And I was like, yeah, like that, that's not, that's not, yeah, okay, cool. And 
So I, I, I think you had left before I did, and I remember just going and like just doing some some mock squats or whatever, and I'm like, why the hell? I was like, oh, I have two pens in my foot. I can't keep my heel down. So I went home to my wife, and I was like, hey, listen, I met this guy at the gym, gave me some pointers, but he left before I could tell him while my heel was coming off the ground, so I hope I see him again tomorrow. And she's like, <laughs> and she was like totally invested for like a week. She's like, did you see him? I'm like, no, I didn't see him. So finally, I was able to see you, and, and we kind of bantered back and forth. You told me about the lifting shoes, but you know, regardless of that story, like I really appreciate the fact that someone is willing to to look out for someone else because you, you you never want someone to get injured. Like you never want that in the back of your head. You never want someone to. to and you're right there. Like I try not to be the guy who goes in and like automatically throws eight plates on something and tries to lift it. I want to work on my form. I learned that the hard way, by the way, in my 20s and 30s. But, you know, nowadays you see these 16, 17, eight year, 18 year olds like go in and put like two plates right to deadlift and they've never done it in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll just throw on a, a, a weight belt and think that's going to protect them from just anything that might happen to them. So, you know, for anybody right now that's listening, that's wanting to get into fitness, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's running, whether it's lifting heavy, you know, what is some just tips that you've learned that can just help people just make sure they're in the right mindset before they even decide to even put that much weight on anything? I, I would say train with the bar, just the bar, or even that, like mm -hmm. with the PVC pipe, seriously, like go in front of a mirror. Um, to be honest with you, I hate, I hate looking at mirrors, hate them, hate them. Cause it's just like, you get that stupid face when you're trying to like, like lift and you're like just squeezing everything and like just making elephant noises. And that's like the last thing you want to see in the mirror. But anyway, um, I, I, I'd say like look in a mirror and, or just like record on your phone and be like, okay. And then you look at like the, the elite level guys that are, like, if they're not wearing lifters, make sure they're like, you know, they're not wearing lifters. Cause obviously like with that heel raise, you can actually drop down your squat a little bit more or whatever. And then just kind of see where your form's at. And then you could show it to your other friends or whatever and say, Hey, can you, or like, or just show a trainer where that's like willing to look at it and say, Hey, you know, what do you think about my squat? Hmm. And like, I, I even asked like people, I'm like, Hey, can you check this out just to make sure, you know, it looks good. And usually people are nice, but like mm -hmm. some people just don't know what they're doing. Right. That, yeah. And, and don't, and, and what I would say is don't just ask random people to, to spot yeah. you if yeah. you're trying to do a large amount of weight. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, one of the things you told me was about, you know, the bar squats, just the bar squats and checking on your form and checking on the bar placement and checking on where your heel is. And, and, um, and other than being like a really good warm up, you know, and a good stretch, it really focuses on your form. It really does. Um, because you really like the last thing you want to do is get caught in that situation where, oh, I shouldn't have put that last 20 pounds on. No <laughs> one's around me. Um, you know. I, I forgot to put the, the safeties up, like it, the safety bars up. It's, it's, no one wants to be in that situation, mm -hmm. but, um, there's been many times that I've done that. Yeah. So I've, I've actually, I'll do a great example. So I was back squatting 385 for, I think two. Mm -hmm. And, and so the second one, 
my weight belt was a little bit bigger than I needed to be. So I had to like buy another one to just make it smaller. So my weight belt just like opened up and I lost like my bracing and all that stuff. And I literally had to like dump the weight. I had literally had to push the bar behind me and like spring myself like out of it. And you know, whatever, like it was all bumper plates, but like even with metal plates, I mean, the main thing is, is just like, don't do anything stupid and just right. like dump the weight. Like I don't care how light it is. And you, and if you make the biggest noise, like just dump it. Like I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't do it at a plan of fitness. Let's be honest, but they don't no. have, they don't have squat racks though. They don't have squat racks. No. <laughs> but here's another thing. Like I've had kids that tried 315 and like they had some random person spot them and oh. that person definitely did not know how to spot them. And they put the brack, they put the safety bars lower than they're supposed to be so the guy like went forward and like literally had the bar on top of them and like try to roll it off of them and i was like dude you had no right doing that doing that way and you knew it you, you knew it like and it was like awful form and everything but it's just like just dump the weight man just dump it that i mean i, I guess we since we're on this topic like i i think one of the and, and i've seen you work out you know, obviously, and I've seen the amount of work you put in in regard to form, in regard to like making sure that you progressively work yourself up. Um, and but there's you know, with let's be honest, like with today's every we want everything now, instant gratification, we want the muscles now, we want the two plates now, we want the three plates now, um, but. This is a long game. Like this is a long game. Those CrossFit athletes did not get that way in a week. Like this is something they've been working on for years, decades, some of them. Yeah. And I mean, I've been doing CrossFit for like almost 12 years. And like this is the most weight I've ever lifted ever doing CrossFit. Like even like bodybuilding or anything like that. Because like you always skip leg day when you're doing bodybuilding. So, um, it's like, Oh, you're doing back and buys again. Okay, cool. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's like, it, it's just being patient. That, that's the main thing. Cause like I, it, you know, even, even with my, when I was a personal trainer for forever, um, you know, I would have clients lose 60 pounds or like lose like 25 pounds. And it wasn't like the first, it wasn't like the first week. You know, they'll see like a big jump because their body's like not used to like all the training and stuff. But like, you know, it took them like almost a year or like even like eight months to lose 60 pounds or whatever. And it's just like, it just takes time. And like, obviously, like I've had people say, if I work out one day a week for a half an hour with you, will I be fit? And I told them straight out. And I was like, you might as well just give me the money and not show up. Right. I mean, yeah, I, that was a perfect answer. That was a perfect yeah. answer. Like, you're absolutely right. Um, so, but in your case, like, I haven't, I haven't personally seen it, but like, do you, is, is plateauing a real thing? Do you see yeah. it? Is there, okay. So first of all, kind of explain it and how are ways that people can kind of get through it? So a plateau is let's, all right, we'll just, we'll just de do, we'll like, say like a back squat or something mm -hmm. like that. So, um, you hit, you hit a number like let's just say like 300 pounds and you're stuck on that weight forever. You can't, you've tried 305, you can't get it. You've tried like, you know, whatever. So you have to like, 
your body plateaus once in a while, but you have to like, kind of like, I don't know, like shock your system a little bit and like do different, different variations or something like that. And so like, you don't always max out at all, all times, like once a week, that's just, that's just a recipe for, for disaster. Mm -hmm. So typically a lot of the people, how they train is, um, they train in like the 60 to 80% of their one rep max. And they could just do like a higher volume training or like more like a, you know, a five, three, one method, uh, of training. Um, I, I, I forget his name. Um, but anyway, there's like a five, three, one method that's, that's really popular that actually helps you get to get stronger and any, any let's bench pressing back squat, like whatever. Um, but just, you just need to figure out like a different, you know, way of training or, you know, messing around with your system to kind of break the plateau and plus it's a mind game too so there's oh, also yeah. a mind aspect to it too because when I, when I would snatch like my main goal was like snatching 225 and then you know i would put the two plates on the bumper plates and like i just couldn't do it but if i had like you know a 25 210s on i could do it it's just like seeing those two big plates it's like right next to each other you're like or even like 315 on a clean and jerk you're like uh oh, okay and you get psyched out and like i see i see kids even deadlifting all the time they just get psyched out because they just see what's on there and they're like oh okay this is this is real okay mm -hmm. let, let's let's go or, or like they just psych themselves out and yeah and don't don't forget leg day i think is it jim welder or jim um when no uh, no for the no. five three one, one yeah. method that is cal deets okay cal deets. oh you talked you talked to me about him before okay yeah. so, yeah. so try a tri triphasic training mm -hmm. so he has a book out that's um that's all about the five three one I, I think that was him don't quote me on that by the okay. way um but is if you google if you, if you go on like mm -hmm. the five three one method I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Cal D. No, it's Cal D to the triphasic method. I, I forget who the other, uh, this guy did, but that one's like a huge, huge, you know, program to use if you want to get stronger in some of your lifts. And I've asked another person on this show before about, and he didn't really like, he didn't like the, the, the terms bulk and shred, but do you go through those um, phases through your year? Do you go for bulks or shreds or you kind of just stay the same all year long? I, I stay the same. Have you to ever honest, tried to bulk? Have you ever tried to bulk at all? So I've I'm contemplating doing a bodybuilding competition before, mm. but then I'm like, like when I when I was up in New Hampshire right before I was leaving for um, Atlanta, actually before actually a year before that, I was like shredded, just absolutely like just like my even my wife was like, you should really consider doing a bodybuilding competition, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do that because like if I flex, I'll probably be laughing, like I can't take it seriously, like I can't do it. So, um, I, I typically stay the same, like I may fluctuate in weight here and there, but it's like not much, maybe like 10 pounds the most or, or whatever. It just depends on like, you know, if I'm eating enough or, you know, what I'm doing for working out and stuff. So, it, but I, I don't do like the shredding or anything like that. I just want to look yoked like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a, doing a good job of that. I, uh. Yeah, I forgot who I was interviewing before, but he didn't he didn't like those terms and he was a personal trainer and I think people sometimes you know, if you tell somebody who is not a professional bodybuilder or professional weightlifter that hey, 
we're going to bulk for the next 30, 60, 90 days, whatever, then they'll just go and eat a bunch of stuff they probably shouldn't be eating and yeah. thinking, oh, I, I need I need this. Like, I need this weight right now. It's like, no, you don't need all that weight. You don't need all those empty calories. But so, that that's like the bulking part is like mainly for, I, I believe it's like for like powerlifting mm-hmm. or like Olympic weightlifting. Um, the one, so they typically like eat as much food as they, they can eat mm-hmm. to bulk up to get to a certain weight class. And then, you know, the more weight you have, and the more muscle you'll have and the more weight you'll pick up. And then like right before, right before they get to the competition, they have to do a weigh in. And this is like the super dangerous way they do it. They mm. like, they put like, they call it the green, the green Hulk or something like that. It's like a, a it's, it's in a bathtub and you put like alcohol or, or some, some crazy thing in and you just like lose weight. Or like get rid of all it gets rid of all, all your water weight, and then like by the time they finish weight, like after they finish weighing in, they go back and like rehydrate, reeat, whatever. But it's like super, super dangerous. I don't, I don't, I, I want no part of that. Oh, I just, I, I just picture all the old boxing movies where people had to get down and wait and what they did. So the the what was it the uh, the exercise bike with the trash bag or or with the uh, the sweat the sweatsuit on and. Uh, just drenching out pounds and pounds of sweat. Yeah. So, um, well, even in, even wrestling too, they do that the same, they do the same thing too. So I, so I've actually seen it in peewee football. Oh my goodness. They had this absolute, like, like it was like elementary school or like middle school. This dude was like in the higher grade class than me. And he was an absolute stud. Like when, what they would do is he would like to be two pounds overweight. So he, they, the coaches put a trash bag on this kid and made him run laps around the football field just to get, just to make it to weight. Wow. And I was like, no, that's insane. And like they, I, I almost had a weight problem too with when I was in football. Cause like I was like so tall mm-hmm. that I was just like, so I had to kind of be on like a quasi diet kind of like, don't eat just don't eat crap yeah. pretty much. And you know, and, but it was like nothing like crazy, like what that kid did. So, um, what's next for you now? What, uh, you know, you've got the new house and, you know, you've gotten, uh, uh, the, the podcast going and, and, you know, what's any competitions, like what, what's in your future that you think you're going to be doing? Uh, I, so I was originally trying to do a weightlifting competition because, um, the numbers I have are kind of in line of i can go international and like win some win some medals supposedly mm-hmm. per like some weightlifting coaches and so i i want to try that i know in december i think on the 10th or something like that it, there's one in cherokee county so mm-hmm. i might i might attempt that we'll see what happens um i i started a kind of youtube channel so i'm kind of doing like not like a daily vlog i'm, I'm, I'm i just want to see how like where it right. goes so I'm screw, not really screw like, it. Screw it. Just do it. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got my GoPro. I'll just like record my workouts and just like me talking about diabetes and stuff like that. And if, if it, if it takes off, great. If it doesn't, whatever, you know, at least I tried. And so, it's, you know, my main thing is like, I always hold back on stuff like with the t-shirts, like I designed the t-shirts. It just took forever for me to like pull the trigger. Mm. And then with podcasting, it took forever to pull the trigger and I'm like, screw it, just do it. And then with YouTube, like I was like literally like looking at all these videos on how to start a YouTube channel. 
and I'm like, and then I started this, I, I joined this like club to, you know, start a YouTube channel and like, whatever, like how many days? And I'm like, screw it. I'll just do it myself right now. And so I literally have like a one, one minute intro on my YouTube channel, just like a video of like what I'm looking to do. So it just keeps on going. So I, I don't know. And then hopefully, so I got, I got picked up from a media company last year. And so I'm trying to do more with them and maybe go to actual competitions, CrossFit competitions and kind of help out with the interviewing and like meeting new people and kind of go from there and, and being a, being a, you know, a great husband, you know, father, you know, and, and you told me about this, your son actually like likes the podcasting and wants to get into mm-hmm. the possibly the video. T- tell us a little bit about that. So, um, we only have one episode in because I haven't really had the time to sit down with them to do more, but, um, he has one called curiosity and the kid. And so, um, it, it's, it was kind of cute. So he wanted to start doing a YouTube channel too. So I, I used the GoPro and we did like a recording and stuff like that. Did like a whole time, like we're, we're in Lake Lanier. I think it was like six at the time. No, five, uh, five or six. And I didn't want to post it because like one, I don't think he was ready yet. And it's super cute, by the way. But uh, but we, the, at least the podcast, we can kind of talk about it. And um, so we talk about what happens during the week. And then he has a question he wants to ask. And so the first one we talked about was, um, why don't birds get electrocuted on high-tension wires? <laughs> perfect. Perfect question for a kid. Perfect yeah. question. And I, and I told them they're not real. So they're made just robots. But no, I'm just kidding. I didn't tell them that. Um but so I, I, we looked up the answer and I told the answer and then we did another one. He had the, the second one, we, it's not posted yet, but it's like, how many teeth do sharks have? And so do you want to know? He said, he thought it was 50 and it was like 3000. So I was like, okay, I mean, you were close. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, it's just something for fun. I'm like, I'm not really taking that too seriously. It's just, if it happens, it happens. I mean, if we have time, we'll do another one. But I, he's like, just this kid is like, he, he's like me. If he's like focused on one thing, that's it. Like he won't venture off in anything else. Like he loves football. Now he wants to, t- all he does is talks about football and he's like, I'm, I'm a Patriots guy. And that's all I care about. Like I just watching the Patriots. I don't care about any other football team, like whatever. So he's asking me like questions like how many Super Bowls did this team win? Or how many, I'm like, bro, like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. Just, yeah. I just do just, I, all I know is about the Patriots. And for, um, Tom and I are both in Georgia and I just want to, as a saints fan, I want to make sure everybody knows that the Falcons have zero super bowl championships. So for everybody listening, 20, 23 to three, 28 to three, <laughs> Jesus, man, I'm sorry. Did, I, I didn't mean to bring that. I did not mean to bring that. That is totally my bad, but that's, uh, that's, First of all, that I think that's really cool because I have I have a little mini me here that she she likes sports and wants to do everything I do, wants to wear the hoodies and the, she sees my shoes and she wants everything. And that's re- that's got to be really cool that your son sees you doing this and he's like, hey, I I want to be like daddy. That's got to make you feel really good. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I don't want to persuade him and stuff. Right. Right. Of course. He doesn't want to do that. That's that's the problem. Like with like when I work out in my basement once in a while. Like he'll come down and work out. And like when he was, like, when he was pretty young, like we would do a thing called next station. So I would set a timer up for 30 seconds. We do a movement and then he would like, we have 10 seconds to find another station. So we'll do a workout. 
And so, and so he did it for like five minutes or whatever. And he's like, okay, I'm done. And I'm like, all right, man. He's like, I want to go back upstairs. I'm like, that's, that's probably fine. Go for it. I mean, I don't, I don't pressure him in anything. It's, you know, and you know, I don't want to persuade him into anything. Like he could like any college team he wants. He could like any football team. He, he could like anything. Like, I don't care. I just want him to be happy and make sure he knows like I got his back like a hundred percent. That's, that's awesome. I think that's such a great way to see to do it because you know, when he grows up and, and he finds something that he likes, like you want to give him options. Like you want to give him options. You don't want to pigeonhole him in anything. You want to, you don't want that tunnel vision. You want to make sure that well-rounded kid, dad loves him. Mom loves him. He's got a good family and we're going to support you a thousand percent. So I think that's awesome. Good for you, man. Yeah. My daughter is actually starting to get into workout too. There we go. Out. The whole family, man. The whole she's, family. She's four. And so we, I have a three pound kettlebell in the basement. So she'll like mess around with the kettlebell and then she'll use my, like one of my lacrosse sticks and do like Olympic weightlifting. And then she's just like, look at my muscles. And I was like, yeah, let's go get it. Let's get it. You know, and just like, and she loves it. And then like, she'll, she'll find something else to climb on like the wooden box that I have or like try to move the barbell or move like the med ball or something like that. Just to, and like I have like three pound dumbbells that she likes messing around with too. It's just, I don't, I don't tell her what to do. It's just, you know, just having fun. That's awesome. And, and of course you're not the only person on, you know, social media, your wife does a lot on social media. Also kind of talk about what she does. Um, so she works for Amazon. She's an influencer. She has a big, big following. Um, and she's un- unreal. Like she, from like vlogging and me taking pictures of her to where she's at now, it's just like, it's unreal where she's at. And so, um, yeah, she's got like 120,000 followers on Instagram or something like that. And so she's killing it on reels. Like literally she's doing reels like every single day. And I'm, I'm, super proud of her she's like from what she's started with to now it's it's unreal and i i try to i try to do the same thing too but obviously i'm a dude you know obviously obviously like like, no one really wants to see a dude sometimes lift weights all the time so i'm kind of pigeonholed for that but you know whatever so i i I would i'd watch it i mean i'd watch it and i i definitely support you but um, good for her. And, you know, one thing about that is, is say what you want to say about influencers, but you, you have to be intentional. You got to, that's a full-time thing. You, you got to, yep. I have a friend who does the same thing and actually she works for Amazon also, but like everything she, like every time she's out, every time she's with people, like she's all that her mind is always working. Like, how can this be a real, how can I include this in my social media? It's like, no, we have to take, I need to take this photo of it. And it's, it's crazy the amount of work people have to put in for sometimes a 15 to 30 second reel. It's, it's crazy. So good for you, man. It seems like you guys are doing well. So how do people find you online? And we mentioned the type one lifting, but how do people find you online? How do they get in contact with you? How do they just, you know, if they want to see what you're doing or ask you questions or get your advice, how do they find you online? It's all social media platforms, type one lifting. Um, that's pretty much it really. Instagram, Twitter. Um, I, I really don't really post that much on Twitter. I just like reading stuff and uh, just <coughs> excuse me, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. So TikTok, I mean, I, I, I can't stand TikTok. It is like I, I, I don't get it. And you know, I mean, probably because I'm a boomer, but you know, I just, I know. All right, here, here's I'm going to go on a little rant. So um, please do it. I feel the same way. Probably go ahead. 
here here's my thing with like social media it's it's a lot i i think you got to really work at it to get where you need to get to but the problem is i think is a lot of females have a better chance to grow than than guys uh personally for me like i don't really want to take my shirt off and like post stuff that's just that's just me personally because like i don't want to go to the gym and like do like do it like an you know, an Olympic, you know, a lift and have my shirt off. Cause like I'm in a gym that you can't do that. You can't do it. Yep. No. And like, I don't even like doing it like at my, in my basement too. Cause like it was, I have a t-shirt company. Why would I want to take my shirt off if I have t-shirts and I'm trying to sell? Like, I don't, you know, so, you know, and I, I did the, the website's still open, but it's just like, yeah. And then, and then like all, all some, like a lot of women have to do is just like, look really nice and like wear very skimpy clothes. And I'm not, my wife does not do that by the way. Um, but it's just like, if you look, if you look a certain way, it's like, you really don't have to put much, much effort into doing anything. Like I've seen girls on TikTok, TikTok, they just wear like a baggy shirt. Then all of a sudden they wear like a, mm-hmm. wear like a bathing suit and they're like getting like thousands and thousands of likes because guys are hornballs but whatever and then and then like then you have me like you know doing doing a lift or like someone else doing something pretty cool and they get like no recognition whatsoever i I have no idea which videos you're talking about i haven't seen any of those uh those tiktok videos with the when i see those kind of like videos like i literally just like scroll i just i just move to the next one oh man that's that's i i personally I've been told TikTok is the way to go now to get your mess to, to get your social media going, but like I and you and I are the same age basically, and I I haven't like I feel like I have more a better chance on MySpace right now than I would on TikTok. But you, you have a you have a better chance to get on YouTube Shorts. Yeah, that's and we talked about that beforehand. I think I'm gonna yeah. I think I'm gonna try that. So, well, Tom Lynn, thank you so much for being a part of the show. This was great. Um, everybody, go check him out. Check out his podcast. Check out the videos, and you know, just make sure. You know, we talked a lot about type one diabetes. Make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Make sure you get checked up. Make sure you get your physicals. You know, we're not going to be young forever. You know, I'll speak for myself. I am going to be young forever because I don't care whatever age I am. I'm going to feel young. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, I, you probably think the same thing. Do you remember when you were like 18 and you call people in their 40s old? And like yep. now that you're in your 40s, you're like I don't, I'm not old. Like what was I thinking? But or you might feel old. I don't know. Maybe you do. No, so, I don't. I, I I still feel like I'm Superman once in a while. I, so I do. I know. I know, man. I do. I do. And then my, I wake up and my back's hurting. So. Um, thanks Tom I appreciate you take care of yourself and good luck with everything in your future man thanks for being a part of the show yeah thanks for having me thank you as always for listening to the 6am run podcast again I'm your host Mark Paisant please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AMRun to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.